Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live sports for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Welcome to Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Ben Online. I am Warren Shaw. He is the great Gary Washburn, and we're your host and resource for everything Boston Celtics this season. Gary, the trade deadline has come and gone. How are you feeling? Side relief. What's good with you, family? Great. A lot of surprises, but uh, the Celtics-centric uh, situation, I'm not, you know, they made a, a kind of a, we would consider a minor move. It could be a sneaky good move, um, but they got a little bit more depth. I thought that was what they needed. Um, and they didn't give up a whole bunch for it. So I thought around the league, a, a lot of b- bombs are dropped. A lot of, yeah. a lot of guys, I mean, the Lakers almost changed their whole roster and, uh, obviously what Phoenix did in Brooklyn and Dallas and all these moves that we've talked about, you know, a few that we talked about last week, uh, you know, Kyrie going to, to Dallas Mavericks, but, um, just a, a pretty eventful day. You know, usually it's not this eventful, but today, uh, it was a lot going on, a lot of fireworks around the league. A lot of teams just, you know, just making moves, you know. Uh, Russell Westbrook gone, Pat Bev gone, D'Angelo Russell. A lot of guys that we know, household names, are now, you know, going to be looking for work or with new teams. Yeah, I mean, and I think it does open up some things that are Celtic-specific, you know, in terms of the impact of some of those moves. Um, I, for one, like many, was fast asleep when Kevin Durant got moved in the wee hours, if you will. And usually I'm up pretty late. So just kind of like literally maybe 10 minutes or so I went to bed before that that went down. Um, but again, we'll get into that here all kind of coming up here in the next segment. So as always, uh, make sure you're following him on Twitter at GWashburnGlobe. You can follow me on Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA. Make sure you follow him Believe and at all of their outlets as well to Believe Network or I Believe Sports. So um, before we get into the overall trade conversation, um, let's talk a little bit at home um, as we record Celtics 2-0 and in the week. So coming into this, we're saying, hey, how are they going to go with this four-game week? Big, 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 big win against the Philadelphia 76ers while being short, short-handed. Unfortunately, Jalen Brown takes an elbow to the cheek, um, has a facial fracture. Uh, Gary, your your thoughts or what, what what can you provide Celtics fan on the status of, of Jalen Brown? I'm already saying he's probably going to be out at least through All-Star game, so unfortunate for him. Uh, but how long, how much time are we looking here for Jalen Brown? Yeah, I think it's going to be a couple of weeks. It's, it, you know, it all depends on the extent of the fracture. I think we'll find that out a little bit more tomorrow when we meet with Celtics brass. But, you know, obviously got to let the swelling go down. Um, it all depends, you know, on that. And then, you know, you got to get him – you know, when the swelling goes down, get him fitted for one of those, you know, Richard Hamilton, yep. uh, Batman masks. Um, and, uh, you know, but I just think the Celtics being safe, it's a situation where it's like, why try to rush him back? Let him get, let him just get over. I'm sure he's just more, I mean, obviously he's sore and he's hurting, but just 
and probably having trouble sleeping, you know, all that and, and all that. But just let him get a just take a breather after that, taking that shot. And why try to rush him back? The last game, you know, we're approaching, you know, Friday. The last game before the All Star break is Wednesday. Uh, so probably give him that break, then give him another full week off, and then see what happens uh, when they resume play on February 23rd against the Indiana Pacers. So uh, I think that's so. That's two weeks. I think that sounds like a solid amount of time. The swelling to go down. Uh, you know, obviously he was able to walk off the floor, and it, it, you know it didn't look like he was disfigured at all. But I'm sure it's a high amount of pain. I would not want to, that, that had to happen to me and. You saw the play, Warren. I mean, Tatum hit him flush in the, the cheek with his, the point of his elbow. Yeah. Uh, and then was kind of looking for a foul call after that. He, you know, Jalen's agonized and Tatum's like, where's my call, man? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's another story. Uh, but I think that they just got to get through this. You've got a couple of winnable games um, with, you know, Detroit and Charlotte. And then obviously two big ones with Memphis and Milwaukee, but I think they'll try to move on without him. Let him get some rest, let him get his you know self together a little bit, and then bring him back after the All Star break. Yeah, hopefully that's exactly what they do. It shouldn't be too long, but yeah, you're right. You know, nobody cares until I put on the mask. Tweets are probably coming from Jalen at some point, unfortunately. Um, freak play, and it just goes to show you how fickle the NBA is. Like something just really kind of random like that can take you out. You know, I know Embiid had got hurt right at the end of the um, Raptors series last year. Well, you know, with the kind of a orbital bone injury or whatever yeah. the case may be. So um, these things, again, they're human and it's just kind of freak plays like, like that can happen. So Tatum obviously didn't mean any harm there. Um, just kind of an unfortunate situation. But hopefully Jalen can be back, you know, as you alluded to relatively soon, right after the All-Star break. So, again, if it's going to happen this time leading into when you get that that full week off with the all-star break is really really immense especially for players to kind of just recharge um so you know hopefully Jalen brown will be back in the lineup relatively soon so we'll swing things now to the lone move as you were kind of like you know teasing in the outset here uh the celtics acquire mike muscala from the okc thunder okc seemed to be a, a nice trading partner for for the boston celtics as of late you know especially the last couple of years uh trading justin jackson and a couple second round picks muscala comes in as a guy you know shoots 36 to 37 percent from the three-point line um you know big man five who can space the floor i wouldn't say a uh, rim protector of any sort, so to speak, um, but can definitely eat up some minutes, especially, you know, if, if Horford or Robert Williams are going to need a rest days or miss some time, maybe take some time away from Luke Cornett, especially, but especially where his value is, is coming in as, as, as a spacer on the floor, especially for driving kicks, especially for like a Marcus Smarter, Malcolm Brogdon out there. Uh, your thoughts, uh, kind of the making of the deal here for Mike Muscala coming to the Boston Celtics and what can Celtics fans kind of expect outside of what I've just kind of outlined from Muscala? Yeah, Warren, I mean, I think it's kind of a, you know, a, a really poor man's Danilo Gallinari, 6'10", 240, mm. a guy who career 38% from three, 39.4% um, this season. He's a guy who's only started 35 of his 475 games, so he's used to coming off the bench. He's not a guy who's logged a lot of games, you know. The most he's played this season is 70, and that was about eight years, seven, eight years ago with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh but he did play almost a kind of a full slate this year, 43 games for the Thunder, 43 last year, 35 the year before. So he's not a guy who's had a lot of burn on him. So he's 31, but he's not – it doesn't seem to me he's one of these guys that's had an old 31 where he's played 
82 games for 10, 12 years. This is a guy who who probably has still has some pretty good tread in the tire. And uh, you, you know, if you watch that LeBron game where he uh, obviously broke the scoring record, we can talk about that later. Uh, Muscala played in that game and played well. You know, he, well, he yeah, he he was able. If I if you look at the numbers, you know, he scored 16 points on six for 10 shooting and four for seven from the three. I mean, if you could do that with the Celtics on an occasional game, uh, I think that's great for them. And also, when I think you can kind of put Muscala and pair him with Rip Williams, pair him with Horford or Cornette in terms of making him a stretch four. Like, yeah, it's I don't, yeah, this is not a guy who, like you you, you alluded to, is not a physical guy in the paint. You know, he's not a Jakob Pertl or a guy who's going to get do a bunch of dirty work and get 12, 14 rebounds. There's a guy who's going to, you know, get a rebound here or two, defend bigs, but also bring the bigs away from the basket, stretch the floor, and if you leave them open, he'll burn you. And I think that that's exactly what they needed. That's exactly what they wanted out of Dylan Gallinari because obviously we all know Ganillo is not going to stop anybody defensively, you know, maybe provide a little resistance there. And, he, and Danilo wasn't going to contain Joel Embiid or, or, or you know, Nikola Jokic. He, was, he would just provide some resistance, but he was going to there to score. And I think Muscala is a guy who can just stretch the floor and make it hard on defenses. And I think what you want, Warren, if you're a Celtic fan, you want a guy to come in there and just take some relief off the starters. You want a guy who can help you win a couple of ball games with a couple of shots or make it easy on you so you're not playing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown 39, 38 minutes a game down the stretch. You want to start tempering their minutes, cutting them down a little bit as we approach uh, the end of the season, the last the stretch run, you know, about what, 25, 26 games left. Um, you know, you you know, I think 27, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as we speak. So, uh, you know, you want to start cutting down some minutes. And I think Muscala is a legitimate NBA player. He's not a guy you're finding off the street or some guy who's just, you don't know what, you know, and as much as, you know, we liked the, the Noah Vonleys and even a guy like Justin Jackson, like you, you, you kind of saw who's now going to the Thunder and likely to be waived. Justin wasn't quite, you know, a guy that you could really rely on to, to get your quality minutes in an NBA game. And the Celtics don't need guys, unless you're talking about, a J.D. Davidson, a guy's a prospect, a guy that, that mm. hey, eventually he's going to be a guy who's going to get rotation minutes. You don't need those guys on your roster if you're trying to win a championship. Gary, so I think that's a great, um, you know, uh, assessment of, of Mescala and what he can bring to this team, um, especially in the short term and long term, um, especially, at, you know, potentially a poor man's Gallinari. I think that's a great great assessment for, you know, what they're lacking this season. Uh, I was reading, um, I I can't remember which article it was, but more or less the assessment that Stevens really didn't want to make too many changes to the overall team. Um, So allows them, they, to, they move Justin, uh, you know, uh, Justin Jackson out and get Muscala in. So they still have a roster spot from that Monley trade earlier in the, in the year. And that allows exactly what we've been talking about here for weeks now, Gary, right. You know, potentially somebody in the buyout market and you just never know who, who becomes available. Um, so we'll save the buyout conversation for maybe one a little bit more when that's a little bit more subtle, you know, some names have definitely already been thrown out there, um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I just kind of want to, you know, for Celtics fans, Boston is one of those teams that a lot of times, especially from the age errors, almost did something and almost and almost. So 
Uh, can you shed any light on what you might have heard? Did they almost do anything else, you know, outside of the Mascala deal? We know, you know, Pritchard and Gallo and, you know, some of those contracts were potentially being discussed. Uh, but did anything else even come close to fruition, you know, on the trade deadline? No, I don't think they came to any, anything serious because if you look at the players who are targeting, like a Kelly Olenek did not get moved. P.J. Washington, Charlotte did not get moved. There's a lot of guys that, they, you know, Pirtle, I think they made an offer for him. But I think San Antonio was asking a lot. And, and Toronto kind of was a good trade partner. They've done trades in the past. And Toronto gave him another serviceable big and Kim Birch. And then, a, then like a protected first rounder, that type of, that type of thing. Uh, so I, it didn't sound like the Celtics were involved in a lot of just like, okay, we need this guy. You know, uh, I think their targets are more, as, as we talked about, more in the buyout market. And for NBA fans, check out the next couple of days, the teams, the guys that get waived. You're probably your Russell Westbrooks, your Pat Bevs, your Danny Greens. Danny Greens an intriguing name there. Um, Warren, I mean, you know, a guy who can stretch the floor, coming off an, uh, obviously an ACL, you know, a little bit, a little bit up there in age. You're not, not, not a guy that you're going to do, but a guy who seems to be a very good team guy. He's always been a good guy in all of his NBA stops. Um, you know, do you feel that 15 spot with that? Well, the guy like that, you know, do you, does he come and say, Hey, I'm trying to win a chip because obviously he won, he won a chip uh, in San Antonio. Um, and I think he, and he was on the uh, Lakers bubble team. Uh, but mm-hmm. do you, do you, do you make an offer to him? And we talked about Terrence Ross, if that happens, but you know, the bio market should be interesting, but I don't think the Celtics were like, you know, very close to a, a big deal. I think that they obviously made their due diligence, made their calls, but you know, as we, as we saw, there was some, you know, everybody thought Toronto was going to blow it up. That didn't happen. Everybody thought the Jazz were going to just, you know, the Jazz made that big deal with the Lakers. But after that, they were kind of chill, you know, uh, on what they did. They didn't give away their whole roster. And then Charlotte moved, obviously, uh, Mason Plumley um, and Jalen McDaniels, which I thought was interesting. I would have held on to him, um, to be honest with you, more unless you don't think you're going to pay him. But they, But I guess they – chose to keep P.J. Washington. Now we'll see what happens with his free agency. Yeah, you know, Gary, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm not going to go down the buyout road because, again, there are some names there that we can talk about. So we'll save that for another episode. Um, but let's kind of turn the turn the attention to even what you just did, too, you know, what, what the moves that did happen um, and how they may impact Boston specifically. So let's start with where you just left off. Philadelphia somehow gets, you know, McDaniels for, on the cheap. A couple of second rounders, you know, second rounders were – the order of the day. I don't know what was going on with that. I don't know how that set the market, so to speak. Why second rounders? Well, the second so rounders have become the new. Whether they forties, forties a new thirty. Yeah, the second rounders is the new first rounders. <laughs> I just, I yeah. just, I don't, I don't know. It was a really strange day to kind of see that and the amounts in which they were kind of just copious amounts of that they were being dealt out in. Um, but Philadelphia, basically, to me, gets excellent pj tucker insurance <laughs> um you know and in a lot of ways as a guy who can you know play some multiple positions has now shown the propensity to even stretch the floor out a little bit to the three-point line um really good young pro um and for that price i thought that was really really cheap i think a lot of teams are probably kicking themselves like damn have i known it's only cost us two two second rounders or whatever it was man definitely would have kicked the tires there yeah. how much better do you think the 76s are now as a result of this again it's only the one move 
And, you know, they still, most of their work was done in, in the in the preseason. They move off of Matisse Thibault. He gets over sent to, to Portland. Uh, but McDaniels come in, and I think it's a significant move. Well, not significant, but a nice move for the 76ers. Yeah. What, are you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Very nice move. I like Jalen McDaniels. I've watched him a lot over the last couple of years kind of develop. And that's why I thought that P.J. Washington might be expendable because I believe that Charlotte was going to hold on to McDaniels, who is a free agent this summer, and try to pay him instead of P.J. Washington. Obviously, you know, we don't know what's going on in Charlotte. They're, they're, they're an organization, even though they're oh, all they're cheap. Michael. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they go on the cheap, and they don't like paying coaches, and they got to save all their quarters for that LaMelo extension. So I did not think that, they, that he was really going to be out there and available. And I do think that they got uh, – better i mean watching philadelphia last night um uh, wednesday night warren it was interesting to see um just kind of how they really haven't changed in a sense like it's still the mb train and then harden you know 26 points and beat at 28 tobias Harris had four you know in 32 minutes like they didn't have anyone else tyrese maxi just wasn't good from the field i mean he can he can get you some points but McDaniels, I think, and I just think in terms of a guy like um, Matisse Thibel, who could have been a Celtic, you know, uh, I thought the Celtics might have taken a chance on him in the draft over that, you know, trading with Philadelphia and for the rights to Carson Edwards, and that didn't, ever, didn't really work out, unfortunately, for the Celtics, uh, for your Celtic fans. But to me, Thibel was just kind of out of place. I mean, he just didn't fit. He didn't shoot well enough. He was a good defender. But he couldn't sh- – now McDaniels comes in and kind of is a, a, an upgrade. He's 6'10", 6'11". Both those McDaniel brothers, there was a one in Minnesota, two uh, yeah. guys from the Seattle area. We talk about the Seattle being a fruitful place for poops and two more guys from the Seattle area. Both are good players. And both and, – and I thought Jalen was growing. Now, obviously, he's going to want a nice little bump in, in, in salary. So maybe the, the price was cheaper because he's a rental player because I, I don't think he's going to, you know, I, I think that whoever, it, somebody's going to have to throw some, you know, you know, 15 million, 12 million, something like that at him to get his first real major deal. Uh, but I think it's a great move, um, Warren. And I think the East, and we can talk about the East, and, you know, Brooklyn obviously made a lot of changes uh, and, yeah. you know, uh, kept all of us, all of us, uh, uh, you know, up at night. I got home from the game. And was just ready to kind of sit down and chill and watch a little couple of highlights. And was like, wait a minute, what just happened here? Um, you know, but I think teams like Cleveland stood pat. The Knicks got Josh Hart. Um, but I think personally, uh, the Bucks with Jay Crowder bringing him in, did they get, I think they might have gotten a little bit better. Uh, we'll see what, what that goes. But it sounds like it's, it's a, the East is now a two team race. So I think some teams kind of fell back. Indiana decided to kind of, you know, turn their chips in and maybe, you know, try to make a push for the play-in. Indiana trades Mo Bamba. I don't know what you felt about Mo Bamba. Is that somebody that you could have seen play for the Celtics and what the price would have been? Uh, a young big who just really never developed uh, in Orlando. But I, I think that it's a two-team race in the East. I think that some of the East teams helped themselves and some of them, Miami, Cleveland, we'll see what happens in the buyout market. But Kind of stood pat, and 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 that's interesting. So you know, you've taken us in a couple of different directions there, man. I'm going to try to even organize my own thoughts because again, it was all extremely, extremely well said and great content. Um, let's go to 
the Milwaukee of it all, right? So some of the, one of the things you said there too, where uh, Milwaukee and Boston clearly now seem to be the two best teams with Brooklyn gracefully bowing out, or maybe not so gracefully bowing out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the addition of Jay Crowder, I think, is is interesting only from the set. Like, and we haven't seen him, so we don't really know what we're getting. And I don't hate to keep bringing up PJ Tucker, but that's their PJ Tucker move from from totally. from, from a few years ago, right? Um, he fits their culture, fits their style, you know. And again, if he's able to knock down a couple of threes here and there, you know, God bless Milwaukee. Didn't need to do a whole lot because they really are coming along now with Giannis seem to be more healthy. Drew Holiday getting into his own, even Middleton now getting back into the foot a little bit, although he's still coming off the bench. Um, two horse race to some degree, but neither one of those teams, Boston or Milwaukee, seem to command respect from the East because, as you alluded to, a lot of teams didn't fold in. The Raptors were like, no, we're going to saddle up. Let's bring in Yaka Pirtle, bring him back, if you will, and see if we can get into this thing. The Pacers kind of do this. The Bulls didn't sell off. They stayed in it in it as well, too. All these teams feel like, you know what? Kyrie and KD left the East. Well, damn, it might really be wide open. Why not us? And they're going to give it a shot. Um, not, not that the Celtics are going to take any extra motivation from that, and, and you, neither will the Bucks. but that's my sense of it, really, Gary, is that you know there's not a whole lot of respect I think in terms of like, well, not fear. I shouldn't say respect. There's a whole not a lot of fear. I think of what Boston or what Milwaukee has been able to do from the rest of the Eastern conference. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I do agree. I think it's, I think every team's just kind of trying to figure it out. And I think that like the team, like the New York Knicks guy, like I said, like Josh Hart, yeah. I think they're, they're, they're trying to figure out and go forward. Cause the Knicks are kind of all over the place. They lose a game. They shouldn't lose. They win a game. They shouldn't win and, and whatever the Knicks, or a team that, that could make some noise. Uh, Cleveland, I said, Cleveland didn't do much at all. We'll see. And everybody thinks they need more shooting. Yep. Um, will that person be in the buyout market? We'll, we'll see. I think they'll be looking. Uh, another team, and people thought that Miami might, like, sacrifice Kyle Lowry, who was kind of didn't kind of out of the rotation in the sense of play, did not play in the fourth quarter a couple of games. And uh, they're a team that seems very, you know, like they've been waiting for good health. It really hasn't happened, but also um, they're not as Miami-like as we we've gone to know. Yeah. Like Adam Adam still a beast, Jimmy Butler, but and Hero, but you're looking at you know guys like Oladipo inconsistent, Lowry. You know, like you look at some of them, like are they a real championship contending team? Um, so I think the East is wide open in terms of Milwaukee and Boston should meet in the conference finals, but. Could one of these teams, Warren, put together a very good four games and knock off one of those two? I think it could definitely happen. Um, you know, uh, I, but you're right. I think some, some of them teams said we're good. We'll, 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 you know, we'll figure this out. We're good at being the four seed. We we think we can win win a game or two in Boston, or we think we can take the Bucks down. You know, and so like I, I guess the challenge is on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. I mean, I think I go back to Toronto and some of the struggles Boston has had with length this year and even now them getting bigger with Jakob at the center position and allowing Siakam to play a more natural, you know, four man instead of some 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 small ball five in some lineups. They keep, they keep Chris Boucher. They basically keep everybody. So, you know, that's not a it's not a matchup. I would be excited to play, you know, yeah. see them in the playoffs with all their length. And then obviously the machinations of Nick Nurse. Atlanta gets Sadiq Bay in a weird trade from Golden State and the salary dump of James James Wiseman. Yeah. That was just some 
weirdness, but I understand the Warriors needed to save dollars, but then they trade five first-round picks to get Gary Payton the second. Cool. I mean, whatever you need to do, that's on the Western Conference, so yeah. we'll keep it kind of focused on the East. Um, but you brought up another interesting point because, and this will lead me into a little bit of what's happening in Phoenix as well. Phoenix, Golden State, now Miami, even Cleveland. So those teams who, obviously Phoenix made a made a massive move, but they also gutted a good portion of the roster. So that buyout market now, there's more teams competing. I mean, there's it's always highly contentious. But at the top, if Boston specifically is looking to maybe make one more move, are they attractive enough, if you will, like the championship lore or the championship prospects should be, but do the personalities match what maybe some of these buyout guys may ultimately want um, in terms of a role when you compare them to maybe the lore of Miami, you compare them to a golden state and now even Phoenix with KD over there as well, too. Do you think that might be more of a problem for Boston than it would have been had things not played the way it out that it did to this trade deadline? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Warren. I do think that they're going to have to compete. Like there's going to be some teams that are, you know, could waive one of those minimum guys and, and create another spot. It all depends on how this buyout market shakes out. Remember, I remember there's been a couple of guys. Uh, I remember Dennis Schroeder. Remember we went to Houston. It was all, he'll never play a game with the Rockets. And last year, he ended up finishing the season with the Rockets. So, like, you got to see which team honestly keeps what player or when, or if it's like, hey, don't even, don't even show up to the offices. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll send you a check and, and 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 we'll try to, you know, we'll give you a good recommendation. You know, we'll, we'll give you we'll let we'll let you, you know, we'll let you find a new team. Um, it, it, you're right. Phoenix, you know, uh, maybe the Clippers will be out there in the, in the yeah. buyout market. As you said, Miami, I think that the, the Celtics have a culture they're trying to establish. They've established over a couple of years. They don't want, you know, you don't want a guy, and I, I've talked to this, said this earlier, and, you know, when people like, you don't want a guy who's going to be moaning about playing time. You don't want a guy who, you want a Blake Griffin kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Blake, we need you for Philly. You haven't played in a week or so. Get up. Get it done. He did. They won. Now, okay, Blake, we'll see you after the All-Star break. Or, you know, like, we'll see what happens, you know, in the next couple of days or, you know, how the injuries things go, but you want a guy who comes in there with the right attitude, the right frame of mind, and is wants to put a ring on his finger. Okay. Not every guy is like that. There's going to be, you know, you, you don't bring Russell Westbrook in to be a guy who's going to give you 12 minutes off the bench and maybe get a couple of DNPs. That ain't the guy or mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly or something like that. You got to find that right guy. So I do think that let's say Phoenix and Miami and some of these teams will offer more playing time and maybe a more problem role, especially in LA the Clippers are on a point guard at this point, you know, they need they gave away both their point guards, but a guy like Reggie Jackson, let's say in Charlotte or, or, you know, I mean, you know, you, you want to bring in a guy, I'm not saying tell to bring in Reggie Jackson, but like you mm-hmm. want to bring in a guy who is going to be a team guy. You don't want to bring in a guy who is looking to get his, to increase his boost his value for free agency so he can get one last big deal. So I think you're right, Warren. You got to be careful. And I think they're gonna have competition for some of these guys. But I also think, you know, Brad's talking to agents. Some of these guys are agents are calling Brad and saying, listen, my man's you know, my man's my man's interested in Boston. Uh well, well what will his role be? I'm sure Brad says, Hey, agent, um, we, we're gonna need this. And we're going to need a guy who's going to fall in with the team concept. We don't need a guy 
going to the media about playing time. I mean, you know, uh, we talked before, you know, there's been guys over the years like, um, you know, uh, David Lee, you know, who came in and was like, I want to play. And Keith Bogans, I remember, was like that. You know, guys who veteran guys who come in and, you know, kind of pout. And you don't need that. You know, you want competitive guys, but you want you also want a guy who is uh willing to fall in. And so that I think that's a careful situation here. But I also think Brad, it's and these agents know the situation in Boston, they'll lay out their their plans. You know, these guys will say, Hey, in Phoenix, this is what you'll be. In LA, this is what you'll be. In Boston, best chance to probably win a championship. This is what they want from you. What do you want? You know, Gary, I think as always, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. And and I think the Celtics are going to be in competition for, for some players. Um, but that point you made in terms of the right guy, the right fit, um, that should always be the goal. But I think even more importantly now, again, you don't need to do something that messes up your locker room chemistry in any capacity. Things are going uber well. You're still top of the NBA, not even just the conference, the NBA. Um, but it, I want to kind of maybe kind of close with this here too. So, uh, Boston made a small move with Muscala. We talked about how we both really like the McDaniels move for uh, for, the, for Philadelphia. And I'm in the middle of the Jay Crowder thing on Milwaukee. Which one of those three moves do you think is the most impactful for basically the top three teams in the East right now? Uh, well, that's a, that's a good one. I, I say McDaniels and Philly because they'll probably play a pretty good amount. I mean, yeah. and I think, you know, I, I think the one thing, you know, I mean, you know, Warren, you've been doing this for years. You got to be a diehard NBA fan and know who Mike Muscala is. I'm sure a lot of Celtic fans are doing Google searches and saying, you know, Mike Marsala, like the, like the, you know, like, like chicken Marsala, like they're trying to figure out who the hell this guy is. Except if you're in Pennsylvania because he's a Bucknell guy and you might have seen him play, and maybe some some um, Boston folks saw him play in the Patriot League against BU or whatever they were, you know, whatever conference they were in, because they, they, I think they played against Boston uh, University when he was in college. But other than that. You're trying to do. You're trying to figure out who the hell this guy is. Um, I think the McDaniel's move. Crowder is a guy we all know. We're all familiar with in Boston. Um, so I think that the McDaniel's move because we don't know what Crowder's going to bring. He hasn't played in a long time. You know, as we know, and I don't want to use the Ben Simmons example as a bad example, but guys who take a long layoffs, I'm gonna say, okay, right? You know, um, now I'm sure uh, Jay has been working out. He's, you know, he's he's a dog. He's gonna be working out. I'm sure he's gonna get in shape, but he's gonna take a while to get in basketball shape because there's working out shape with your trainer and running up to running five on five at the at the Y and playing highly competitive pickup ball. Then there's NBA shape, right? Because <laughs> you know, there's that's a whole different category. So you know, well, what will Crowder bring? As the last time we saw Crowder, he was he had tailed off his considerably in terms of his shooting. So is does he have something left? Is the guy who's pushing 33 now? Like we don't know. Um, I had I had a guy tell me around the league, like, listen, man, like, you know, everybody wants to pick up, you know, Celtics or whoever, pick up Lamarcus Aldridge, Lamarcus Cousins, these guys who are, you know, out of the league, or I, I'm I'm watching Tristan Thompson on ESPN. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. You know, Chew call him up. I mean, he wasn't terrible. He just, you know, he had a, you know, he had the off the floor things going on. But maybe he wants to play. But guy told me like, listen, once like LeBron and Kobe are exceptions. Once some of these guys hit their mid thirties, 
they fall off a cliff. Physically, they're not, you know, they don't, and they don't have the smarts, quote unquote, let's say they're dumb, but that savvy to be able to play till they're 35, 36. So we don't know about Jay Crowder. You know, Jay Crowder's, I said, he's 30, pushing 33 now. So what does he have left? McDaniel's a guy who's still very young, and Muscala, we'll see about what he brings. But I think the uh, McDaniel's move is good. We'll, like the, like you said, the court is out on Jay Crowd at this point. As much as I like Jay, I thought he was a great Celtic. Yeah. I, I, you know, he was great to cover. I did not want to see him get traded to Cleveland. I thought, I don't want to say it was a mistake. I think, you know, getting Kyrie, I think, you know, what, what, yeah, <laughs> what would have what what the Celtics done if they didn't, you know, kept Isaiah? We, we don't know. But I think that um, I just have no idea what kind of guy we're getting. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap so we can leave some more meat on the bone when it comes to the buyout conversation here on, on our next episode. Um, a wild, wild deadline. <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie leave the Eastern Conference, leaving it wide open for Boston, Milwaukee, and maybe the 76ers here to kind of take the reins. But the rest of the East did not back down. Everybody else making some minor moves, um, you know, to try to kind of keep up with the proverbial Joneses here. So make sure you continue to rock with us here on Believe in the Celtics, brought to you by Ben Online. We're going to go and wrap it here for today's episode. Again, he is Gary Washburn. Follow him on Twitter at GWashburnGlobe. You can follow me on Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA. And that'll do it. We'll catch you next week here on Believe in the Celtics, brought to you by Ben Online. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.